Friday, Saints fans, and welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by CP4. Friday, November 20th, I'm Caroline Gonzalez, and on today's show, I'll be joined by my co-host, John DeShazer, and ESPN Stan Verrett, who always knows how to have a good time with a little Saints versus Falcons talk, so make sure you listen to the entire interview. He helps me give a little sass, a little jab to JD, which you know I love anytime someone's on my team against JD. So make sure you listen to the entire interview. You don't want to miss it. A lot of great insight from Stan Verrett on today's show. Quick announcement before we get into that interview, though. If you are heading into the Mercedes-Benz Superdome this Sunday, if you're one of the lucky fans, first of all, we need you to be as loud as possible when your New Orleans Saints are on defense and as quiet as possible when the Saints are on offense. We need to create that game day environment, and we have to make up for those 73,000 fans that aren't available or aren't able to be in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, so make sure you are as loud as possible and cheering on your Saints on Sunday. Also, if you are going to the game, make sure you pay attention to your email so that you can know before you go. The Saints game day procedures are a little bit different this year, or a lot different, I should say, so make sure you pay attention to your email so that you get all of the information you need before you head to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. All right, that's enough from me. Let's go ahead and get into our interview with ESPN Stan Verrett. So now joining us, a friend of the program, or should I say FOP, Stan Verrett, native son, New Orleans, uh, ESPN Sports Center anchor, uh, has gone to fame and fortune from right here, WDSU Channel 6. I remember Stan, I remember him when. And now, <laughs> now he's on the This Is Sports Center commercials. I can't wait to see him on the latest edition of those because, you know, that's one of the that's one of the favorite things I have in life, Stan is seeing you guys in those commercials. I think they are so well-written and so funny. Um, how competitive is it to get into those? I'm, we're going to get into Falcons week here in a minute, but how competitive <laughs> is it to get into those? Because I love those. I, I think they're some of the best things the network does. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, it's a sign that you're a made guy. You know, when you get into a sports center commercial, you know, it's a, you're – you, you, you can feel pretty confident in your job security because those have to run for a while. So I'm, I'm always excited when I get asked to do one. So I'm like, okay, good. I'm going to be around for a little while longer. <laughs> uh, no, but it's a lot of fun. It's uh, they're, they're a lot of fun to shoot. And uh, it's a big honor because, you know, just like everybody else, I mean, I, I always loved those commercials before I worked at ESPN. So it was uh, the first one I ever did with uh, Gloria Posada and uh, David Ortiz. I was, I was thrilled. I couldn't sleep the night before, you know, I've done a bunch of them now, but uh, they're yeah. always fun. And uh, like you said, the scripts are always fantastic. You know, now when you say fun, this is Falcons week and nobody on the face of the earth has fun at the Falcons expense than you do on social media. I mean, this brother brings a flamethrower and is just indiscriminately firing at it and it's on target i gotta admit that you know i you know i tweet you back sometimes like you know oh that's cold but yeah <laughs> it's cold because you know he's an alpha folks my alpha fraternity incorporated want to give him a shout out there but two nobody has more fun at the falcons expense than you does this stuff come to you off the top of your head stan where does it come from well my my best friend one of my fraternity brothers is uh is from atlanta matter of fact two of them but only one of them is a falcons fan and he's as much of a diehard Falcons fan as I am Saints fan and for years we would go to both games and sit right next to each other and just talk trash the whole game so you know 
win or lose, you had to be up on your trash talking game, you know, because if we were in New Orleans, a lot of my friends weren't around and they were harassing him. And when I went to Atlanta, a lot of his friends were around harassing me at a, you know, tailgate before the game. So it's all in good fun. I got a bunch of golf buddies from Atlanta. Um, so we have a good time with it. So, you know, I just let that spill over into my social media feed because you know, it's organic. I mean, you know, every Saints fan knows that's the two games that everybody's going to be really fired up for. And uh, every Falcon fan knows the same thing. Like at three and six, this is their Super Bowl. I mean, this is their Super Bowl. They're coming to New Orleans to win the Super Bowl this weekend. Mm. So the Saints have to be prepared for that. Well, I'll tell you what, I will caution all Falcons fans to stay away from this man on social media. <laughs> he does, he all, takes it's no, all fun. It's, it's, he it's takes fun, no pressure. Yeah, it's, it's fun, all fun. It's a no, fun it's, sports fun. rivalry. It's, a it's fun because it's fun because your team winning. That's why. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> God bless the God bless the Falcon social team because they have to go through it, I'm sure, because they're trying to, you know, amp up their team and hype their team. But, you know, your team's not doing you any favors. But let's go ahead, Stan, and get into some Saints versus Falcons talk. Falcons started off the season a little rocky, five losses in a row. Now they have two straight wins over the Panthers and Broncos. What's been the biggest change in your opinion in this Falcons team, other than obviously the, the departure of their head coach and Dan Quinn? Yeah, I think Raheem Morris has certainly got the team's attention. Um, I saw a stat that their time of possession has really gone up uh, to about 35 minutes a game, which is, uh, which, which is really strong. Um, you know, when you keep the ball away from uh, opponents, obviously they can't score. So, that's the stat that really jumped out at me. But, I, you know, I think, you know, that team looked demoralized early on in the season. It just seemed like bad things were piling on top of other bad things. And they just needed to make a change. They made the change, you know, the head coach and in the front office. And, and I think Raheem Morris, more so than, you know, the time of possession jumps out at you. But more so than anything else, I just think it was, it was just a spirit on that team that just was lacking. It just felt like they were – they had lost their confidence. They had lost any swagger they may have had. And, and Raheem Morris seems to have brought that back. Yeah, fortunately for him, you know, this seems to be a second chance. For him. We know he was head coach in Tampa Bay. Might not have been quite ready for it then. He was pretty young, but, you know, seems like he's making the most of this second chance now. You know, we move on to the Saints, and reportedly by your network, uh, Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback uh, for the Saints on Sunday, his first NFL start. Just what are your thoughts? You're a big Saints fan. You know the things that he can do. Uh, you've seen the things that he can do, even in a even in a limited capacity. But you've had some exposure to him. So, you know, what are your thoughts about that, and what the Saints might be able to accomplish offensively with him there? I'm interested to see what kind of a package Sean Payton puts in for him, uh, because you know we ha we haven't seen him throw the ball efficiently, uh, effectively. Um, so. I would think that Sean Payton's going to put together a package that'll get him some easy throws, get him some confidence. Um, and, and, and then of course the running dimension is always going to be there with Taysom Hill. I mean, he's, you know, big and fast, hard to bring down. Uh, so he, he, he adds a, a threat, you know, as somebody who's going to see a lot of snaps, he adds a threat that the defense coordinator doesn't usually have to prepare for to the extent that they do. Now they have to be aware of him when he's in for, you know, seven, eight, 10 snaps a game. But it's not like when he's in every snap. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Sean Payton puts him in a position to succeed. I trust Sean Payton implicitly. I mean, I've seen uh, uh, everything that he's been able to do um, 
with this offense. I remember telling people last year when Teddy Bridgewater came in, I went back to the game, I believe it was 2015, when, when Drew Brees sat out and Luke McCown started, threw for more than 300 yards, and it came down to that last play, the interception uh, Josh Norman against Brandon Cooks. But Luke McCown came in cold and, and almost won the game and threw for 300 yards. So I, I believe in Sean Payton's ability to, to put something together. We saw it with Teddy Bridgewater last year when they went undefeated when Teddy was in there. So I trust Sean Payton to put together something that capitalizes on, on, on Taysom's talents, minimizes his weaknesses, and puts him in the best place to succeed. What that looks like, especially in the passing game, we'll see. Now, we see a decent amount of RPO quarterbacks in the league. Now, you see um, Lamar Jackson. You see Kyler Murray. Uh, you see some Josh Allen. Um, and these guys have been doing it effectively this season, last season. Now, Taysom's a different cat. Uh, Taysom does not avoid that contact. Is He's going to have to maybe adjust a little bit to kind of preserve himself. I know it's probably not his natural instinct, but you can't, you know, barreling into him, you know, two or three times a game is different than barreling into defenders 15 times a game. <laughs> so yeah. do you feel like he might have to adjust a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I think about quarterbacks the way I think about some other things where you say, hey, it's better to, to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So, you know, that threat's always going to be there. So you, you have to commit a defender to spy him and hope that that defender is able to either bring him down by, by be, being physical with him or being able to chase him down. And it's hard to find somebody who can do both. So that always has to be in the back of the defensive coordinator's mind. If, I, if I'm in man coverage and I got everybody with their back turned running down the field covering the receiver and this guy gets loose, it could be problems. So that, that's something that, that they have to keep in mind. So I like that dimension being there. But I agree. I mean, look, when you're, when you're one of two quarterbacks left on the roster, uh, you gotta you gotta be careful. You can't put yourself in, in in too much harm, but you gotta balance that out with keeping that threat alive. So that's a part of the chess game that's gonna play out on Sunday. Um, and and you know, like I said, I I trust Sean Payton to put something together that works. Following up on Sean Payton, how much have you seen him get up for these kinds of games and these kinds of occasions and rising to the challenge of, you know, having a new quarterback, you know, entering all these new schemes and packages and things like that? How much does Sean Payton just thrive in these situations in your past experience? You know, it's funny. I, we really don't have to go that far back. I mean, look at look at Tampa Bay. You know, when they went to Tampa Bay and just absolutely demolished the Bucks. There's something about this team the last couple of years when they face these situations, either going on the road, missing a starter. Uh, I mean, look at what they've done without much from the offensive player of the year from last year, Mike Thomas. So, I mean, look, that's great coaching. When you, when you don't have what you expect to have uh, and you have to, you have to patch something up, especially with a guy as important as Michael Thomas, especially last year with a guy as important as Drew Brees. Um, you know, that's great coaching. When you can put it together and say, look, this is what I have to work with. It's like going into your refrigerator, seeing what ingredients you have and coming out with a gourmet meal, no matter what's there, right. you know, and, and he's shown an ability to get this team ready to play. I mean, look at some of the road wins over the last several years, that game at Buffalo jumps out at me from, from a few years ago, where they went to Buffalo, just annihilated the bill. So when you see a team play really, really well on the road and come together, put some of their best performances together on the road, and then you also see them play their best when they have to because somebody's missing. 
I mean, that, that tells you what you need to know about a coaching staff. Stan, Caroline is 25 and single. Her refrigerator, when she goes to it, hey. might see like two, three things. She don't see a whole lot. So she hey. can't make the gourmet thing going on. She, <laughs> she might have. <laughs> you know what, Denny? I made cranberry apple pork chops last night. So oh, take that, JD. Yes. Cranberry yes. apple pork chops. Cranberry yeah. apple. I'm from I'm from Macon, Georgia, so you know you can take the cranberry apple off of me. That's that's all I'm saying. All, all you need is some batter and hot grease for them pork chops, right? That's all you need. That's all you need. All the other stuff you put that on and eat it like tomorrow morning. That's that's all. I'm really <laughs> so saying, see, you get a better view of the NFC, I think, than we do because we're zoned in on the one team. Uh, so, what would be your overview of the NFC so far this season? We see. You know, I know we just saw a, a Thursday night game with Seattle and, and Arizona, but what would be your overview of the NFC right now? Uh, I think Green Bay is really, really good. Getting to look at them when, when they play the Saints and, and, and their other games this season. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I think Aaron Rodgers took that Jordan Love draft pick personally and uh, has come out and uh, really performed well this season. Uh, Seattle is playing at a very high level. I mean, when, when you got quarterback and head coach figured out in the NFL, you're way ahead of the game. And Seattle's got a lot of continuity there with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, uh, having worked together in this, this let Russ cook strategy seems to be working. I mean, he's, uh, he's playing at a really high level. They were able to pull out that game last night against the Cardinals. I mean, look, the Cardinals are sneaky good too. I mean, Kyler Murray, I thought he was too little. I said, okay, this guy's going to get the NFL and he's going to realize you, they, you can't hide him. And he's going to have to take some hits from some guys much, much bigger than him. But so far, I mean, he's been really good. Got banged up a little bit last night, but he's been really, really good. Better than I thought he would be. Um, he can do a lot of things. So th there's a lot of dangerous teams, you know, in, in the NFC. Um, you know, the NFC East, we don't even talk about them. They're out. Um, <laughs> nobody, I mean, I, I think th they should be relegated to like the Big 12 or somewhere, you know. Um, now, no, they're professional athletes. I get it. And, and, and but that division is terrible. So I think uh, Green Bay, I mean, look, in, and, and as much success as the Saints have had against Tampa Bay, I wouldn't want to tempt fate, you know, and, and, and have to do that to get in the playoffs. Although, you know, look, you know, if it comes, I'm sure they'll be ready for the challenge. But, you know, Tampa Bay's still a dangerous team. And I think they, they've had so many parts that they've added that they're trying to figure it out. You know, they're, they're using Ronald Jones and uh, Fournette in the backfield. And I see an argument among Bucks fans on social media. And, uh, let's go with Fournette. No, let's go with Ronald Jones. Let's go with Fournette. Let's go with Ronald Jones. And then, you know, still trying to work Antonio Brown in. So, you know, that, that, that's a good team with a good coaching staff. So I, I don't think we've heard the last of the Bucks either. Yeah, I'm going to circle back to the Saints here, and I'm going to treat you like a jazz musician. I'm going to give you two words, and I'm just going to let you riff. Right. Uh, I, I tweeted after the last game that he is as valuable as anybody to any team in the NFL. Now, he's not quarterback, so he's not going to legitimately be in the MVP discussion. But if we're having an honest discussion about, about the role players play on their teams and their actual value in terms of game planning, I mean, you, you got to look at Alvin Kamara. I mean, Dalvin Cook's in that conversation too. Um, but, but Kamara, it, it's been outstanding. I mean, you know, when a guy gets paid, you know, the first thing you look for is, is there going to be any drop-off when a guy gets paid? And, and we uh -huh. haven't seen any of that. If anything, he's, uh, he, he's become even more comfortable in his role and his role is do everything. So it's, uh, I mean, he, he's, he's been really fun to watch. I mean, now he's got, 
he's got a nose for the goal line. And you've seen those red zone situations that they used to be problematic. You know, they're not problematic anymore. And, you know, they don't really have to, they don't really have to cook up anything really special. Just get the ball in his hands, watch him make people miss. He had a run in the last game. I think it was like a four yard loss where he broke like five tackles. I mean, yep. that's some Barry Sanders <laughs> stuff there where, where a five yard loss or a four yard loss is one of the most exciting plays of the game. So his, the, the thing that always amazes me about him is, is his balance. I mean, Pierre Thomas was a great back who was, who, if you watch the Saints a lot, he was known for his balance. I mean, those screen plays, they would get the ball to him. He was good at weaving his way through space, keeping his balance, bouncing off glancing blows. I mean, Kamara is able to bounce off solid blows. And, and his ability to keep his feet, keep his vision, uh, and, and keep the play alive, it, it, it's unbelievable. I mean, you always talk about guys being able to make plays in space. He can make plays in crowds, which is yeah. which is it, it's just a great talent. I mean, and it's uh, I see some of the workouts that he does online where he's like standing on a ball and catching a ball and you know yeah. doing all that sort of stuff, and and that work pays off on the field. Can't wait to see JD try that in our new off-season workouts. I'm going to put him to the test. <laughs> already been doing that. I already been doing those for the media staff now. Okay. Listen, yeah, I already been doing those. I mean, you can't tell by the physique, but I mean, I got cat-like quickness. He's going to come for my <laughs> cooking in my refrigerator. I'm going to come for him and his exercise. Hey, he's got he's got cat-like quickness moving to the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Stan, last question before we let you go. Um, obviously, a lot of matchups to look for out of Sunday's game. Deion Jones, Alvin Kamara, Julio Jones, Marshawn Lattimore. Is there one specifically that you you're going to keep your eye on? Yeah, and it should work big time in the Saints' favor. And that's, you know, uh, Atlanta's had some problems at defensive end. They cut Tack McKinley. They got some injuries. So their, their pass rush shouldn't be very effective uh, against the Saints' offensive line, which has been playing great. And so so hopefully that matchup, the, the Saints' offensive line against the, against the Falcons' pass rush will be important, especially with the backup quarterback in. So – I think the Saints have to take advantage of that. They have to make sure they give Taysom Hill some time, you know, on his throws um, to, to, to let the game slow down for him. Because if, if he's under a lot of duress, which, again, if you're the Falcons, the first thing you're going to think about is we got to get to this quarterback, make him uncomfortable. This is his first NFL start. You know, let's, let's, let's really put a lot of pressure on him. I don't know if they have the horses to do it. And so the Saints have to keep that from being an effective game plan because if you don't have the horses to be able to rush with four – then they're going to send blitzes. So if they send blitzes, the Saints are going to have to deal with that. So that uh, situational awareness on passing downs is going to be really, really important. All right, Stan, we'll let you go. We appreciate your time. Thanks for helping me make fun of JD. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm, I'm equal opportunity clowner. Except <laughs> with the Falcons, they're always going to get it worse than anybody else. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much for coming on, Stan. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Great conversation with Stan. Thanks so much for him coming on the show. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Before we let you go, Saints fans, you have two more days before you are out of time to register for the Saints virtual 5K. You have two more days. It ends on November 22nd, so make sure you go online to saints5k.com and register for that Saints 5K virtual, cut, virtual run presented by Community Coffee. All right. 
It's Friday. I hope you have a great weekend, Saints fans. Make sure if you're heading to the Superdome on Sunday that you check out the information so that you can know before you go. If you're watching at home, you can tune into the game at noon on Fox. Or, of course, as always, you can listen in to Zach and Deuce on WWL Radio, 870 AM. All right, for Caroline Gonzalez, John DeShazer, Stan Barrett, thanks so much for joining us on the Friday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by Siki. We'll talk to you on Monday.